This is the Poison Terminator Podcast. My name is Carlo Diolim. Summer is the time period where there are more cases of food poisoning. One of the reasons for this increase is cooking food outside of the house in hot weather. My guest Lorraine McIntyre will explain what we can do to prevent us from getting sick. Lorraine is a food specialist with the British Columbia Center for Disease Control. Welcome to the show, Lorraine. Thank you, Carlos. Thanks for having me on. What are some of the most common bacteria involved in food poisoning when someone is cooking outside? I would uh, there's many different kinds of bacteria and things that uh, that are in foods, but one of the most common ones would be E. coli O157H7. So you've probably heard of hamburger disease, and um, that uh, and that happens when uh, beef and hamburger is not cooked properly. But another common one is uh, with uh, chicken and poultry, and that's salmonellosis. So um, every Every year in, um, in Canada, according to the Public Health Agency of Canada, one in eight people um, are going to get sick from eating contaminated food. So in terms of salmonella, uh, there's a lot of hospitalization. So poultry, uh, one in four hospitalizations of all the foodborne illnesses. So it's really important if you're cooking outdoors on coals or on propane or probably not campfires now because they've been they've been banned pretty much province-wide. But it's really important to cook your poultry thoroughly, cook your chicken thoroughly, and uh, use a probe tip thermometer and and put uh, the probe tip thermometer into the fleshy part of the chicken thigh or the chicken breast and make sure it goes up to a temperature of 74 Celsius. What are the symptoms and signs of food poisoning? We call it gastroenteritis, but really it's, uh, it's, it's diarrhea and vomiting, severe muscle cramps. Uh, sometimes you can feel quite uh, sweaty and dizzy and tired. Um, but if, you, if you've eaten something um, that has either uh, bacteria or toxin in it, you can feel ill um, between 30 minutes to an hour after eating the food, sometimes a bit quicker if there's already toxin in the food. But usually the symptoms come on 4 to 12 to 24 hours after eating. What can you do if you have these signs and symptoms? Well, there's a number of things you should do. Obviously, if you're feeling really unwell, um, go to the doctor and and uh, and get checked out. If you're in an area where that's difficult, or uh, there are some 24/7 services available, so you can always call the nurse line. It's free at. 811, or you can call um, the BC Poison Control Center as well, and that's also a 1-800 number, and they're, they're also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, so that's 1-800-567-8911. Um, the other thing I would recommend, though, is if you're ill and it's after you've eaten at a restaurant, Please report this to your local health authority because if, in fact, it's, it's tied to either the food at the restaurant or improper food handling practices, uh, they will go into the restaurant and do an inspection immediately. They, they're demand inspections, and if there is some improper food handling practices, they're the ones that can take your information and do a follow-up. What are signs that food is contaminated with bacteria? Well, it's really hard to tell. Uh, foods 
uh, as you know, they may look fine and smell fine and taste fine, and, and they could still be contaminated. So uh, again, with meats, you want to make sure you use a probe tip thermometer and check the temperatures. So I did mention for poultry, 74. For hamburger, it's 71. So we say your burger's done at 71. But another important thing in this really hot weather, not only to keep foods cool when you first purchase them, you know, if you have a hot trunk in your car, you want to have ice packs or keep all your cold foods together. But another important thing is cooling of foods too. So try to keep foods as uh, cool as you can for as long as you can. Use ice if you're going on a uh, hiking trip. Um, try to try to freeze your water bottle ahead of time or something and, and put that next to your sandwich or try to keep ice in your cooler. Um, and when you first cook foods, people may not know this, but some some bacteria aren't actually destroyed by cooking, you know, boiling, like you boil rice or you boil potatoes. There's some bacteria form spores. That's why you, when you do canning, you have heat and pressure. But, but now I'm I'm talking food safety geek stuff, but the important part here is once you've made your potato salad or your rice salad, uh, keep getting cool within six hours and then keep it cool because those bacteria, some of them form, uh, some of them are spores and then they can germinate if the temperature gets above 4 to 10 Celsius and they'll start growing up into numbers and elaborating these toxins and it's the toxins that then can't can't be they're heat resistant so even if you were to recook your food you wouldn't recook a potato salad but you might reheat rice um, even if you were to do that the toxin would still be in the food and could uh, make you quite ill so once your food is cooked and you have leftovers um, try to cool it down within four to six hours and keep it cold so Cooking, cooling, hand washing, I, I wanted to mention another big thing, you know, if you're sick, take the night off from cooking. Um, the most common or leading source of foodborne illness of all those ones that I mentioned, the one in eight people, there's over one million cases of norovirus um, every year in Canada, and those are all attributed to foods. And usually they come when people are sick and uh, they're preparing foods and then they pass it on to other people. So practice a lot of hand washing, and if you're not feeling well, take the night off from cooking and let someone else do it for you. Can you give us example of how bacteria are transferred from food to food? Oh yes, um, another another item that's really important is cross contamination in foods. So um, if you have meat, for example, and and the meat has E. coli in it, if the juices of that uh, uh, drip onto another food, that's a way of cross-contaminating. But another thing that's really important in terms of cleaning and sanitation is sometimes bacteria can be on the outside of fruits and vegetables vegetables. So say a cantaloupe, a cantaloupe you would just normally cut into with a knife, but sometimes there's um, bacteria on the outside like say salmonella. There have been illnesses with cantaloupe and once uh, once someone cuts into the cantaloupe with the knife, the bacteria that's on the outside goes to the inside of, of the fruit. So it's really important to wash the outside of, of fruits before you cut them and once they're cut to uh, eat them as soon as possible or keep them refrigerated if you don't eat them right away. Which method is the best to get rid of bacteria on our hands? Water and soap or uh, antibacterial wipes? Uh, 
Well, I, I, I'm going to say right away, don't use antibacterial anything. Um, it's much better to wash your hands with soap and water um, because really the washing, you're, you're removing any of the dirt. Now, if you're out on a camping trip and you have some alcohol gel sanitizer or if you're outside, that's a great way to do a quick uh, cleaning of your hands, like disinfection of your hands. Um, but antibacterial um, chemicals, the triclosan, we don't recommend uh, you buy antibacterial soaps or antibacterial hand sanitizers because what you're doing then is when you're using that, um, you're leaving behind the bacteria that are resistant to that. And later on when you do have a serious medical infection or medical condition, you're going to have a population of bacteria on you that might be resistant. Yeah, just use soap and water and uh, alcohol sanitizer and that's great. Are marinades used for poultry or meats a fertile ground for bacterial growth? Yes and no. It depends what's in the marinade. Um, we, uh, we appreciate foods that have vinegar and high salt content because that, that can actually retard um, bacterial growth. But really, it's the, it's the temperature again. You know, as long as you're keeping your foods cold, your marinades cold, um, they're, they're not going to be a breeding ground unless they're temperature abused. Um, so in this hot weather, you know, pickled foods are pretty pretty safe. Pickled foods, because they have um, uh, quite a low, they have a high acid content, uh, we say that they have a low pH, um, those foods are generally um, safer, you know, like your sauerkrauts and pickled vegetables and things like that. How long is it before a served food that is uneaten is no longer good for consumption? We prefer not to see foods left out longer than two hours. Um, Up to four hours might be okay if they start at a cold temperature, but um, we always say put your leftovers away as soon as you can. So here's an example. I, I don't know if you know this, but bacteria uh, grow really fast, and they, they double their numbers. And E. coli, for example, can double within 10 to 20 minutes. So that means that one single bacteria can grow up or multiply up to over 30 million bacteria in just eight hours. So it's really not safe for you to leave your foods out overnight. Do you have any advice for people grilling seafood? Oh, grilling seafood. Um, I think that uh, in terms of all raw foods, so I, I know sometimes people want to eat oysters and things like that, um, And, and different kinds of other raw foods. All cooked foods are generally safer than eating things raw. Um, grilling seafood, so I'm not quite sure what you're um, referring to, like fish or scallops or oysters. But again, uh, for all foods, we, we want to see temperatures um, up to at least 63. So 63 Celsius is what we would recommend for eggs, for example. So even with seafoods, they're much, they're more tender than meats. And I know that we, we tend to not cook them as long, uh, but if possible, at least get them up to 63 for oh, 15 minutes if you can, but up to 70 or 74, that's the safe temperature. Can condiments stay outside of the cooler for a long time? Depends on the condiment. Uh, I think um, something like uh, ketchup and, and mustard and things like that, that's okay. Now, mayonnaise, uh, we all, we, in the past, we used to say, oh, mayonnaise is, you know, because it has eggs in it, 
uh, bacteria might grow quite quick. But, you know, if you go to the store and buy mayonnaise now, you buy it at room temperature, it's sitting on the store shelf. Actually, all the ingredients in there have already been thoroughly cooked, so no one's making fresh mayonnaise anymore. So actually, it's fairly safe, but the thing is, once you open the jar of mayonnaise, for example, and you put a knife in there, if the knife has bacteria on it, now, you, now you're contaminating it uh, or potentially adding bacteria in there, and they have this beautiful... Um, uh, nutrient-rich base in which to grow, so so that's where the problem is. Um, so it, it's not really that safe to leave condiments out for too long, especially in this hot weather. Can you explain why you decided to do a career in the field of food safety? Uh, Carlos, you're so nice. You you mentioned before the podcast you're going to ask me that, and I thought about this a lot. And you know what? I love the science. I I uh, I just really think it's interesting to understand how things work. And I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my career in food safety. I started off in the lab, uh, where I was doing um, uh, first I was doing water, so I know a lot about giardia and cryptosporidium. And then I was doing foodborne illness, and I find food, I find the issues that happen with food really interesting and I just love the science. Would you like to share any links related to the British Columbia Center for Disease Control or your work? Um, well, we do have quite a bit of food safety information up on our website. Um, one of the things um, we have are food in your health pages and environment in your health pages. Um, uh, we do a lot of interesting work here. I, I work in the food side of things, but a lot of my colleagues work in other parts of environmental health. So if you're worried about heat and smoke and things like that, you can find all kinds of information on our website. So that's at www.bccdc.ca. Um, I am uh, specializing in shellfish, and I'm pretty proud of some of the work we've done in shellfish. So we have some uh, maps up on our website, too, that are at um, uh, maps.bccdc.org. So one of them is uh, forward slash shellfish, and that'll tell you what areas are open and closed in the province. It, it looks at the DFO data and displays it in a more user-friendly way. So, yeah, that would be wonderful. If people are interested in those things, please visit our website. And they're always welcome to uh, email us at fpinfo um, at bccdc.ca, and, and we'll get back to your food queries. Thank you so much, Lorraine, for educating us on how to prepare food safely outside the kitchen. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, wash your hands, cook. Clean, chill, separate. That's our usual food safety mantra. And use that probe thermometer. If you're, if you're going out camping, you've got your mag light and your Swiss Army knife, I want you to go buy a probe tip thermometer too so, so you can be sure every time. Lorraine McIntyre is a food safety specialist with the British Columbia Center for Disease Control. That's all for today. I'm the Poison Terminator. I'll be back next week with another episode. Have a great day.